Fox News podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. With only five weeks left until the midterm elections, Georgia Republican Senate nominee Herschel Walker defending himself against accusations that he paid for a girlfriend's abortion in 2009, something he denies. The pro-life candidate denies that bombshell report first made by the Daily Beast, calling it a flat-out lie. The race between Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, could determine the balance of power in the U.S. Senate. They think they can threaten me. They think they can scare me. Right now, all that done is has energized me more that I'm going to fight and win this seat for the great people of Georgia because to have someone in the seat that lies to the people shouldn't be in the seat as a senator. Meanwhile, OPEC Plus appears set to cut back on oil production, which could lead to an increase even further in gas prices, something that could hurt Democrats' midterm chances. For a conversation on this and more, we bring in our panel, USA Today Washington Bureau Chief Susan Page, Republican strategist, former campaign manager for Senator Scott Brown, Colin Reed, and Washington, D.C. political anchor, correspondent on Fox News audio platforms, Jared Halperin. Uh, Susan what do you make of this uh, accusation on the Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock case and how much it affects that race? Well, I think it is uh, it is bad news for Herschel Walker. That's a very close race. One of the uh, closest races, we think, in the country. And it's a it's a terribly damaging accusation because it goes to his authenticity, to his sincerity. He's taken a very hard line against abortion. He opposes abortion, even in the cases of rape and incest. So it makes it makes this accusation damaging. And the fact that his adult son has weighed in uh, just on the heels of this, uh, on the side of the of the accusation on making other allegations of violence against the family uh, by his father, uh, that it's 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 got the potential to tip a race that we know is close. Yeah. Well, I. I it's interesting to see how this is going to play. Obviously, it's a big bombshell report, Jared, but um, how much this moves the needle in Georgia and whether it does, to Susan's point about the pro-life issue. Well, it's been an issue in the race even before this came out. The issue of abortion has been an issue that we have seen really become uh, not the top issue, but a top tier issue in a lot of these races, the aftermath of, of the Roe v. Wade, the Dobbs decision. And so it was always going to be a question for voters, I think, in Georgia. Um, to, to Susan's point, I think it raises questions now for uh, a lot of supporters of, um, of Raphael Warnock. Uh, he was already in a tight race, a much closer race, for instance, than Governor Kemp. So there was already sort of a... a I think a conversation going on about um, what the down ticket and sort of Republican ticket would look like in Georgia when you look at the difference in the Senate race right now and in, in the governor's race. Yeah. Colin, I, sometimes these reports do um, change races dramatically. Yeah, a couple observations, Brett. <clears throat> One, uh, it didn't take very long in the month of October for there to be an October surprise. Uh, we're only three days into the month and we got that. And then number two, it turns out that candidate quality does matter. Uh, and Senator McConnell may have been onto something when he was talking about that over the summer. Uh, so now the, 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 the news is out there, and this is where campaigns make or break themselves. 
Uh, I was a little curious to notice that it appeared first in the Daily Beast, as opposed to perhaps a more uh, national or mainstream uh, news outlet, if the allegations that they're alleging uh, were as they suggest. And of course, Herschel Walker has denied it. So we'll see where the where the story goes and how the cookie crumbles. It's unquestionably an unhelpful narrative. <clears throat> but the bigger issue, bigger issue is this race should not be close. Uh President Biden's approval rating in the state of Georgia is, is in a recent poll was 36-54. Uh, he's underwater. The state of Georgia should not have two Democratic senators. They certainly shouldn't have a senator who votes, as Raphael Warnock does, 96% of the time uh, with the president. And yet, according to Real Clear Politics, average before this allegation and this, this development came out, the race was effectively tied. Warnock had a slight lead, but it was it was it was it was tightening. So Candidates quality matter. And this is where Herschel Walker and his campaign, uh, they've got five weeks to, to figure it out and make this thing a referendum back on President Biden and Raphael Warnock. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. Susan, the uh, other issues that seem to be playing in places like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, uh, crime and inflation. And we are seeing gas prices tick up again, especially out west, pretty significantly. And now, possibly with OPEC's moves, um, maybe across the board sometime in October. Yeah, inflation has been uh, perhaps the worst issue for Democrats uh, because inflation has hit record levels because in the early days, uh, the Biden administration didn't seem to be taking it as seriously as they they should have. And you've seen the White House brag every time the gas prices uh, began to tick down. So this would be unhelpful for Democrats if if gas prices turned around, because you have a situation where we see with food prices, with rent, with other prices, they continue to be pretty high. And so, you, you know, in some ways, this, this campaign may turn out to be a battle between the power of the issue of abortion rights and the issue of inflation. And as you say, crime has also been an important issue in the in Senate races in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania in boosting Republicans in those very close contests. Jared, it seems like uh, some of these races are coming back after a shift uh, towards Democrats on the issue of abortion specifically. Um, but there are other issues that are playing as Republicans hit those pretty hard. Uh, Crime is going to be an issue in inflation, gas prices. And to your point about OPEC, um, listen, that that is a factor that's sort of outside the control of, of the administration. Right. And, and that's frustrating for, for administrations. And I think it's going to raise questions about what steps the president is willing to take, whether it's um, some of the easing as, as they've pointed to with, with regulations or even a, a tougher call maybe on an additional tap of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Is that a step that the president, this administration takes uh, so close to an election? But, Colin, you know, hitting the spro again, it's pretty low as as it stands right now. And while the million barrels a day uh, did seem to have an effect on prices, you've got OPEC suggesting perhaps that they're going to cut production by a million barrels a day. So uh, it could be prices are going up ahead of November. It's completely disingenuous for this administration to take credit for any sort of reduction in gas prices. On the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, we're at a four-decade low because President Biden has been artificially flooding the market, releasing the reserves from this SPR in order to keep gas prices low in an effort to buy votes. Then OPEC comes along, restricts supply. You see prices go up. 
the national average right now is 380 a gallon. Uh, that's 54% higher than it was the, the, the day he got into office. You mentioned the 62% increase in California, 40% increase in Arizona over the last week alone. But this administration subscribes to a green movement that doesn't want more domestic production. And for all of their many, many shortcomings, this administration has been very, very successful in their war on American oil and gas and energy producers. And that's the that's the promise they made to their green uh, their green supporters in the last presidential campaign. Unfortunately, it carries real consequences. And that's before the cold months even get here and people have to start turning on their their home, their home heating supplies. Susan, is there another race you're watching closely? Well, I've been really watching Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Senate race. You know, that is one that uh, was close. And then you saw Dr. Oz uh, uh, close the gap uh, with John Fetterman uh, uh, with a big advertising barrage since Labor Day, attacking him as soft on crime, saying he's too liberal for the state of Pennsylvania. But we have a new USA Today summit pull out today that shows uh, Fetterman with a six percentage point lead. That's not a safe lead, but it is a lead. And it shows that Dr. Oz has succeeded in driving up Fetterman's negatives, but he has not succeeded in improving views of himself. His his favorable rating now is now 34%. That's pretty dismal for someone who's trying to get elected. Yeah, Jared, I mean, that race, it seems like depending on how Georgia goes, could be a linchpin to Senate control. That, and I think the Nevada race is one to, to really watch. That's one that Republicans are really bullish on their opportunities with uh, Adam Laxalt against uh, Cortez Masto. Uh, it is a very close race as well. And uh, as, as Georgia uh, narrows, as, as Pennsylvania narrows, it's going to come down to a handful of states, and I would put Nevada on that list as well. Colin, any other race you're watching? Yeah, well, prior to this Georgia development, the Republican Senate uh, map had looked increasingly better in recent days. Of the there, the four key races here, the Wisconsin race, Senator Ron Johnson's has opened up a a, a steady, durable lead. Uh, in Florida, I noticed a poll today that showed Senator Rubio uh, moving away from Val Demings. We talked about the Pennsylvania Senate race. I think in addition to the Cook Political Report moving into the toss-up, I noted that Dr. Oz raised seventeen million dollars uh, in his in his Q3 fundraising report. That's a big number and that's going to help him in an expensive state like Pennsylvania with many media markets. And then we talked about Nevada. So all four of those states have moved in the right direction. And uh, suddenly it's it's easier to see a path to 51 Republican senators than it was, say, a month ago uh, when things were not looking as good over the summer. But, you know, you have uh, a couple of races. Last thing, Susan, where they're on the outskirts but could get tight. And that is uh, New Hampshire, Colorado, even Washington State is, you know, single digits now uh, with Patty Murray trying to ha- hang on to her seat. Yeah, Colorado, kind of a surprise as close as it is. That was a Democratic held seat we didn't think was going to be um, as close as it turned out to be. I would argue that New Hampshire is really going to be a reach for Republicans. Yeah. Uh, that one seems uh, a little safer for the Democratic uh, incumbent there. Another race to watch is the North Carolina Senate race. You know, if if, if it, that is an aspirational race for Democrats, that is when they think it is possible uh, for them to, uh, to to win if everything falls into place. Well, it'd be fascinating to see. Uh, we are getting word on the Georgia Senate race that um, the Republicans are saying that Herschel Walker had a record-breaking fundraising day after the Daily Beast story broke. Mm-hmm. Um raising $182,000 uh, since he came out and defended it. We'll see how that plays. Uh, it could make a big difference 
in the Senate map for Republicans. Thank you, panel. Now for a bit of history. On October 4th, 1895, the first U.S. Open Golf Championship was hosted by the United States Golf Association at the nine-hole course at Newport Country Club in Rhode Island. The first U.S. Open was considered something of a sideshow to the U.S. Amateur, which was played on the same course that week. The 21-year-old Horace Rollins took home the grand prize of $150 by shooting a 91 and 82 over the course of two days. In 2022, Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Open in Brookline, Massachusetts, shooting six under par for 72 holes, taking home $3.5 million. A bit of a change there. That'll do it for this week. You can see more of this series, hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com, wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Colin, Jared, and Susan, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time.